What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I'm welcoming you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 57.2. And we are continuing and finishing our playthrough of The Last of Us. Uh, particularly the remastered version of The Last of Us. Um... So as I said before, I made it farther than I ever had in the game. Um, and I beat it. I actually beat this game. Who would have thought? Yeah. And I'll give my thoughts at the end, but, um, we'll just, uh, we'll go through our little, little story here. The last thing we left off was Joel was gravely wounded. It was the beginning of winter. Um, he had a rebar impale him. And, um, Ellie is trying to, uh, trying to take care of him. Uh, do, so right here, I think, is where the, the DLC takes place. Do you want to go over the DLC first? Uh, yeah, we could do that. So, basically, um... Yeah, between where we left off and where we pick up. So it's between the fall and winter section, right? Yeah, somewhere in there, like at the beginning of winter, uh, is where the DLC Left Behind takes place. Um, and it takes place in a series of present day and flashbacks. It doesn't cover a lot of time, like chronologically. Because it is flashbacks, right? Yeah. So, it, I mean, the game itself only covers a couple hours of time, maybe. Yeah. Um, this DLC did it come? When did it? When I can't even remember when the the DLC actually came out. Um, let's see here. Let me look this up. Okay, The Last of Us. The Last of Us Remastered. Additional content. Downloadable content for the game was released following its launch. Uh, The game season pass includes access to all DLC as well as some additional abilities and the documentary Grounded Making of The Last of Us. Uh, The documentary was released online February of 2014. Two DLC packs were included with some of the game's special editions and were available upon release. The sights and sounds pack include a soundtrack, a dynamic theme for the PlayStation 3 home screen, and two avatars. The survival pack bonus featured bonus skins for the competitive. Uh, the Last of Us Left Behind um, adds a single-player campaign, which serves as a prequel to the main storyline featuring Ellie and her friend Riley, which was released on February 14th of 2014. Um... And it also released as a standalone expansion pack on May, in May. So February 14th. I wasn't sure if it was. I, th- I thought I had read that it was released as a standalone. Yeah, it was. Um, so the game came out June 14th of 2013, and this came out in February of 2014. So, geez, almost a year. Yeah. Um, after the game came out. But, um, so yeah, uh, it starts off, the DLC starts off with Ellie trying to take care of Joel after he had been wounded. 
Um, she moves him to uh, somewhere in a mall. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's where the game takes place. That's where everything happens. I'm not sure. So my assumption is this was just on the way to where it, the game picks up. Yeah, to where winter starts. So sometime before the game picks back up in winter, this is just uh, something that happened along the way. Right. And so she's. This is like while Joel is is just now wounded, kind of thing, and she's trying to figure out a way to stop to basically stitch him up. Um. So she has to trek through this mall, hopefully looking for something, some kind of med kit or something like that that can possibly help him. Um, and we're going through a mall, uh, and while she is traversing this mall, um, she is having flashbacks of, um, remembering a few weeks before the events of The Last of Us. Um, and, um, let's see here, it starts off. You're doing the mall stuff. She's in the mall. It's snowing. You're trying to figure out, trying to find things. And then it constantly flashes back to uh, previous time. And the flashbacks uh, are about Ellie as she's in Boston. Um, and she's awoke by her friend Riley, who apparently went off to join the Fireflies. She just up and left um, pretty much without telling anybody, they had, apparently they had an argument. Ellie and her had an argument, and she left and joined the Firefly. She comes back to basically say goodbye to her. Yeah, one of the many possible interpretations of left behind. Yeah, and because uh, she's going to be going off with the Fireflies to another location, and she wanted to kind of have a nice little moment with her. So she takes her, I'll talk about the flashback parts and then I'll cut to, to the real time stuff. Um, she takes her down to a mall where they seem to have went around a bunch whenever they were growing up, I guess. Um, and you can tell there's a lot of history there. They've known each other for a long time and they're pretty much best friends, but there's been a slight falling out particularly when it came to her joining the Fireflies and Ellie not wanting her to do that. So it's basically them walking around this dilapidated mall. Um, but Yeah, it, which is interesting because it's a mall, but it's a different mall than the one she's actually in. Yeah, but this is kind of like what jogged her memory of this because she was in a mall. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's such a weird little slice of their time right because they are friends they've got that clear chemistry clear friendship you know it, it gets a bit emotional at, at a few points when she you know when she says don't leave yeah but but that tied in with you know you basically have that sort of like yeah these these two are friends and they've got some history they've been through a lot together they're, they're young they're still trying to figure the world out they don't really you know they're they're not hardened one of my favorite things about this DLC is how much different Ellie is than she is in the normal game. Yeah. 
but like layering on that friendship, you've also got that sort of that angst that they, you know, that they're upset with each other. You know, Riley, I guess, knows that it's her last night, but throughout most of the DLC, Ellie doesn't know that. Yeah. But you know, I, I, I don't know. I just for this short of a slice of their history of their time together, I do feel like there's a lot of different. I don't know, I don't want to say complex emotions, but almost competing emotions. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. Because you don't get a lot of that from Ellie. You get, in, in the normal game, you get, you know, her relationship to Joel. You know, she's aware of her possible comparison to Joel's daughter, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that stuff all plays in. But, but her context within that story emotionally isn't all all that much i mean you know she, she's there she's important you know she she's the one who uh can possibly be the savior because of her you know her immunity but aside from that with her relationship it's not super complex so it's nice to see i think a bit more fleshing out of her before all that stuff went down in this yeah. dlc and so um Basically, like I said, it's, it's about them going through the mall. So they go to different places. They go to a costume shop and they try on different masks. Um, they go to an arcade and, um, the arcade machine doesn't work, but Riley lets Ellie imagine playing the game. A fighting game. Yeah. That was, that was a really cool moment. I yeah. thought. And, um, they find a joke book. And they, they, you, you can constantly read a bunch of jokes. I did exhaust every one of those options too. I did too. Or like when she's looking at the magic eight ball and there's a lot of little phrases. Yeah. She's got different questions. There's the, um, they throw bricks at a car. Yeah. Um, and then, and it's a little weird because some of this stuff kind of seems pointless, right? At the time, you're like, what, what are we, what are we doing? What's the point here? Because this is all before you find out that Riley says, I'm leaving. Right. So this was her attempt to have, I don't know, one last night of fun. Yeah. One last night of, you know, can, can we patch this up? I don't want to carry I don't want to carry around you being mad at me for the rest of my life, which in this world is likely to not be very long. Right. And then they have the, uh, the water gun fight toward the end there. Yeah. I thought they were all these little moments. I thought were really well done. They were, and that's why I like the DLC that much. It's because it, because of those moments. Um, and in between these moments, we're cutting back to Ellie in real time, trying to find a med kit for Joel. But um, eventually, they they put in uh, some music and start dancing. And Ellie has a realization that she doesn't want Riley to go. She just tells her, like, I don't want you to go. And Riley takes off her firefly pendant, throws on the ground, says, okay, I won't go. But at Which that, is really the only thing she wanted the whole time, I think. Yeah, she's like, she specifically said if anybody... If anything can change my mind about going to the Fireflies, it's you. Um, and uh, they have a moment where 
they finally let their emotions take over. And Ellie gives her a nice kiss. They're in love with each other. But unfortunately, that is all torn asunder when they get um, rushed by a bunch of infected. And uh, they try to escape. Um, and unfortunately, they both get attacked and bitten. Uh, Ellie's bit on her arm while Riley's bit on her hand and they both realize, well, we're fucked. And so they, they say they have two options. First option is they take the gun and shoot themselves and make sure they don't turn into them or they sit there and they wait it out as they say. Yep. And try to get every last moment they can together. Yep. And I, that's what they do. Um, and we don't see the end result of that. I, I forgot in the game, do they say did did Ellie end up killing her? I don't know. That, that's, that's the question I kind of want answered is did this, because obviously that's the bite that she realizes she's immune. Yep. Um, because you know, and and so they decide to wait it out. Does Riley eventually turn? And yeah, presumably. Ellie, yeah, yeah, and then Ellie realizes, I, why am I not turning yet? What do you do then? Do you kill Riley? Um, I don't think she would have been able to at that point in her in her life. Yeah, I think she would have just left. And then, um. But like I said, this is all spliced together. So that final moment of them saying we're going to wait it out and just spend the rest of our life together. Um, that's the final moment. Uh, but in between that, like I said, it's constantly going back and forth between the real time and, and the past. And in the real time, we're going through a pharmacy trying to find a med kit. We're going through different places trying to find, uh, something that could possibly help Joel. Luckily, there was a military helicopter which crashed into the mall that she's in. So she figured maybe there's something up there. Um, after some climbing and such, she finally reaches it. And sure enough, there is a stitcher kit in there, uh, along with a few other things. She then takes it, but before she makes it back to Joel, uh, hunters have showed up looking for her and Joel. Um, but not only hunters, there's also infected there to which you can use this to your advantage. If you disturb the infected, they run toward the, the hunters. Yeah. I thought this was another one of the coolest things about the DLC. Yeah. Is you're not, they're not all bum rushing you. You know, you can get them to pretty easily fight each other. Yeah. Unfortunately, the very last bit, there's pretty much just bum rushing you. Yeah, yeah, right at the end. And I was like, um, I died like multiple times here. I was like, oh, this is the reason why I don't like this. And, you know, I mean, eventually you make it through. And then she makes it to Joel, stitches him up, and that's that's the end of the DLC. Um, But cut back to the regular game. It's now winter. Yeah, I, I, 
I do find it again just to be an oddly narrow slice of time. Yeah. But within that short sort of vignette and flashback, I think they pack a lot of good stuff into it. Yeah. But to, to me, it's just oddly short. I you know I would have loved to see that be maybe like one third. Maybe maybe uh you know an hour or two when she first meets Riley, then something else, and then this when you know when she leaves her to make it just more of like a, a full experience. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, but I was definitely left wanting more, and I'm glad I didn't pay fifteen bucks for it, despite how good it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, it is relatively short. I forgot how short that actually was. But um, it was about two hours on the nose for me. Yeah, about around that for me too. So um, but cut back to winter, the beginning of winter. Uh, we're playing as Ellie still. Um, and she is out in the wilderness trying to hunt um, for food. Which uh, is nice because at this point you don't even really know if Joel's alive. Yeah. Because the last thing you saw was him falling off the horse, presumably to die on the side of the road. Yeah. And so um, uh, Ellie's hunting. She gets a rabbit but then sees a deer. So we then have to go hunt that deer. Um, we wound it and it runs off into kind of like a little neighborhood. And I should say this is like, it's like hardcore snowing. Um, and it runs into a house there. Uh, but when we make it to the deer, there are two men standing there with the deer. Um, Ellie confronts them and says, Hey, that's my deer. You guys just uh, get the hell out of here. And um, they're not they're not having it, but in not in a f- relatively forceful way. Um, uh, the one guy you can tell is the kind of like the leader. He's like, "All right, look, we need the deer. We can probably trade for something." And she's like, "I need medicine. I need some type of medicine for an infection." Yeah, because in the DLC, she stitches him up, but clearly that doesn't solve everything. At some point, he gets an infection, and then, you know, he, he's not doing well again. Yeah. The bleeding is stopped, but the uh, the infection is there. Yeah. So um, he's like, all right, we got medicine. I'm going to have my guy go back to our town and bring medicine. And he's like, I'll stay here with the deer with you and... We'll trade then. So she's kind of fine with that. He goes off and her and him go inside of a building and start talking. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, the, the infected start showing up. We kind of have to fight our way out with this guy. Which I, I, I like some of the firefights in this level. I think as, as many, as much as any ones in the game. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a couple of small, more arena based ones. Not, not a big arena, but there's, there's that one part where you're standing sort of on a slightly raised platform and there's kind of open windows on your left and your right that they come through. Yeah. As well as in the front. Um, to, to, to me, this, that's where the combat in this game really excels is when, Again, when it's when it's less like a 
a shooter, a cover-based shooter, and more like when you're, you're scrambling around, maybe throwing a throwing your little bucket of nails and then pulling out a gun and shooting a couple people, then trying to you know use an arrow or something. There's a, when there's a lot of uh, you know on-the-fly reactions to what's happening. I think is is where this game is, where the combat is the best. Yeah, the, like uh, at this point, I kind of gotten used to the combat somewhat. This was probably one of the more interesting parts with the combat. Um, I found I I really like the bow and arrow in this game. In fact, I prefer, yeah. I prefer to use it more than any gun whatsoever. Um. It's silent. It is silent, and that's really nice. Now, it's not a guaranteed kill, but a lot of times it is. Yep. Um, the, uh, but yeah, after fighting off a bunch of infected and stuff like that, we eventually make it to where we can, um, God, what is it? He, he, like, he, we're back at where the deer is. And they're having a conversation, her and the guy. Yep, before before the partner shows back exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. And he's saying that we were we're actually part of a larger group. And he does it in, in such a great way. Yeah. I love this like slow reveal here. Oh. Yeah. Um because he he's he's slowly he's not doing it sinisterly. He's not doing it yeah. in in a very evil way. Just a conversation. But he's just he's just talking. He's like, yeah, he said, we come from a larger group. Um, we had a lot of guys, but they got killed uh, by some crazy guy. Um, and he's been walking around with this teenage girl, uh, and we're trying to find them. And come to think of it, you handle yourself pretty well for a teenage girl. Yeah. And, uh, and we, which he knows exactly who he's talking to. That's the thing. Yep. Yep. And he, but I love how he does. He, he, like, he slowly reveals that, hey, I'm the guy who leads the guys you've been killing this entire time. Um, and Ellie slightly freaks out. She's like, all right, I've got your fucking gun. She, she, she got, she took his rifle from him and, um, is holding it up against, you're holding it on him. The guy shows back up. He gives her the medicine and she's like, okay, you guys like fuck off because I got to take this medicine. Jumps on her horse, goes back to Joel, gives Joel the medicine. And of course they track her. Uh, they're now at the place where they're, where she's keeping Joel. Luckily she's got Joel pretty well hidden. Um, so she decides to jump on the horse and ride off, try to distract them, make them chase after her, which she does. Unfortunately, the horse gets killed. Uh, they shoot the horse. She falls off of it, and she's then now on foot trying to run away from these guys. But they catch up to her and take her. Uh, when she wakes up, she's in a cell, a holding cell of some kind. And the main guy is there again. Starts one of the darkest half chapters in this game. Yeah, this game ch changes tonally completely. And it's weird because, like, all right, so my fiance has been watching me play a lot of this game. She, yep. she missed all of this. 
Uh, yeah, I was playing this because I, I had to get it done with it, um, and I wasn't going to see her till the weekend, so I had to go ahead and start playing it. And I did all this part without her. And in retrospect, I'm kind of glad she didn't see this because this is rough. Like this, yeah. this stuff right I, here is tonally rough. It's dark. Yeah. But what, what I what I find more interesting on this playthrough, having played the DLC, is if if that DLC were part of the game, how much of a transition it would have been from her, from Elliot, her most innocent leading up to the winter to the shit that goes down in the winter here. Right. You, you know, you'd almost get sort of the, the, the beginning and the end of her entire change in demeanor or her entire loss of innocence in this one, like two hour span. Yeah. So, <laughs> She's in the cell. He's there chopping up a fucking body. I'm guessing these guys are cannibals. Yep. So this is what I alluded to before as another clear parallel to the road for me. Uh huh. Is the fact that these guys are clearly cannibals and that plays a big part in both of these stories. Right. And, um, he's telling her that. What what exactly is he wanting from her? He's like he could use her. Yeah, I think he wants her a to join them, and b to be his childhood bride. Ugh. And I think he's just trying to see if he can sort of get her to come along willingly to start, and if not, try to break her emotionally. Right. And then if not, there's you know more good writing here. <laughs> when yeah. she's like, what do you do? Chop me up into little pieces? Yeah, she and, says that. And then um, he's like, uh, God, what was he doing? He he put like, she did something to his, like, she broke his finger. He's, he's wanting to know what her name is because he, like, he's trying to break the ice by like, what's your name? And um, she won't tell him. But then she breaks his fucking finger because he reaches in. Yeah, to like hold her hand to to imply what he wants her for. Yeah, and uh, she breaks his finger and she says, uh, "You can tell everybody that the was it the girl or the Ellie broke your fucking finger." The name's Ellie. <laughs> um, because he, he said, "I'm trying to convince everybody to let you stay." Basically, yeah. And uh, he says, now it's going to be impossible for you to stay. So uh, he said, how did you put it? Chop you up in a little bits. He says, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, which I, I don't know. I thought that was like, th- this is where I was like, whoa, this game is different now. <laughs> yeah, um, this is this is hardcore channeling the road here. So, um, you know, they're depraved in this in this sort of post-apocalypse. Yeah. So, uh, we cut back to Joel. Um, he is, uh, coming to after having the, his penicillin put into him. Um, he's still pretty badly wounded, but when he, it's broken and he can think again. Yeah. So he's, he, he gets up and he realizes Ellie's gone. Um, but the guys, the hunters are still in the town looking for him. Um, and luckily he's able to, after some fighting and stuff like that, he's able to get two guys 
Um, and he ties them both up, beats the hell out of one guy. And he takes a knife and shoves it into one guy's like kneecap. <laughs> and he's asking him, where the hell did they take Ellie? And he tells him. And uh, he then kills that guy and then goes up to the other guy he had tied up on the wall and he's like, I, he, I was like, he's telling the truth. And he's like, yeah, I know he's telling the truth. I believe him. And then he kills the other guy. <laughs> Straight up murder. Like, no way that you could defend that as self-defense. Yeah. Literally just executed that guy. Yeah. It's and, uh, fucking brutal. Yeah. It's, again, this game does not pull any punches when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. When it wants you... To live through that shit, it it drags you into it. There's no there's no cutaways. There's no well, besides from some of the Ellie stuff, there's not a lot of just implications of what's happening or what's meant. They, you know, the shit happens. Yeah. So um, we uh, we then take over as Joel trying to get to where the the hunters are keeping Ellie. At the same time, Ellie has managed to escape. Um, what she do? She kills somebody, doesn't she? Yeah. How how did she get out of that? She gets so, out because there's a there's like a butcher knife or there's a knife where they were chopping up somebody and she uses it to kill somebody. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, somehow she escapes, and then I, I again I like the sort of the the juxtaposition where he's trying to find her and she's just trying to get out. Get out. Yeah. So you kind of go back and forth a little bit between the two. Meanwhile, the storm is rolling in. Yeah, this crazy ass blizzard's coming in. It's making you start the kind of pristine, you know, nice, nice snowy fields and and trees, and you know, it's a crisp winter day, and it's turned into a you know, kind of a shit show snowstorm. Yeah. And so, um, the that's you know there's the it, it switches back and forth ellie escapes and runs off um she eventually makes it into um a, a restaurant where she's yep, being... go ahead it, it's an interesting enough mechanic here because when you're playing as ellie you you know you, you can see where you are but when you're playing as joel you're trying to get to where ellie is which you should know where that is because you you're controlling her it's not like an unknown as to where she is. Joel doesn't know, but you as the player know. But you don't really know how to get to her, which I thought was really interesting. You know, you're just kind of funneled forward, kind of hoping you'll know it when you see it, I guess. But you don't you don't you don't really know I okay, I, he, she's four buildings over or she's she's in the next town over. You don't know exactly where she is, which I which I liked. Trying to figure out how you're going to find her, stumble upon her. Yeah. But, um, eventually uh, it ends basically with Joel making it around about, um, where she is. And it, it, the, the, the chapter basically ends with you playing as Ellie. She has basically been cornered. Inside this restaurant, um, with what, what's his name? David, I think. David. Uh, yeah. Played by Nolan should... North. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> of course he is. Um, and he is basically stalking this entire restaurant, trying to find her while she's hiding, running away. Um, and he's got a machete and you, this is kind of like a boss fight where you have to sneak up behind him and stab him. You have to do this three times. And there, there happens to be broken glass everywhere, everywhere. And I'm just like, what the hell? I, I, I love this fight though. Just because again, it sort of changes up the rules a little bit. And you could have been playing this game with no stealth at all. You could have been playing it all stealth. But here's a time where it's like stealth, but almost stealth as a puzzle game, as opposed to just, you know, wide open area where you can stealth kill however many people you feel like it. This is one guy and you need to work your way up around behind him like three different times, which it it's one of the only times to me in this game where stealth is legitimately stealth because you can kind of see him sometimes out of the corner of your eye creeping around almost like the water gun fight yeah where you, you know you're actually trying to look into the environment and find this person differently than if you don't give a shit and you can just going to run up and blast somebody with a gun this is this is very much ellie's part of the game much like in in left behind you kind of feel powerless you there is no walk in with your arsenal of 12 weapons and just find him and blast him in the face. This is, you know, this is very much her needing to do what she needs to do, which, you know, you, you control Ellie a few times, but this is the time I felt most like you were playing as Ellie. Right. Um, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I did like this moment. Um, it was, um, it was most certainly uh very, very tense, which is kind of like a running, running thing in this uh, in this game. If there's one thing it's trying to do, it's that. Yeah. So um, after hitting him three times, um, he actually gets her. Uh, he she's laying on the ground, um, and she's trying to reach for that machete. Um, luckily. She's able to uh, withstand him. She takes the machete. And they don't show this part, but it's most certainly implied. Yeah, because he he doesn't just get her, like, get up to her. Yeah. He's about to essentially violate her, and she loses it. Well, yeah, she... she 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 hacks on that guy's head for probably six, seven times. And as she's doing this, Joel comes in to the restaurant and sees it. Which which has been burning down around them while while this whole battle this whole fight's going on. And which to get to the to get to that point before, I also love that how you don't know where you're going as Joel, except that you know you're in a burning restaurant with Ellie. And then you finally see that with Joel. Um, so I, I like that tying those parts together. But then I, you know, just, again, another one of these moments in this game when, when Joel comes up and, and pulls the machete out of her hand and sort of consoles her and pulls her away from the carnage on the floor. Yeah. It's, she, you know, she can barely handle it. She can barely handle what's happening, both what was going to be done to her and what she did to him. 
And uh, like, just, yeah, when, when he grabs her, it's almost like she's in like a trance. She doesn't even know that Joel's there holding her. Yep. And I was just like, damn, that's fucking, that's fucking brutal, man. Yeah. And again, that, that's the part that I think juxtaposes most with her innocence in the Left Behind DLC. And so if that DLC had happened when in, in the game, if it was a part of the game and not something you play after the game, I think it would have even added to this scene more because you would have just seen her at her youngest, at her weakest before this. Yeah. So and then it immediately cuts to spring. <laughs> yeah, the, these season transitions are intense. Yeah. Pretty much all of them. It's always a nice cut. And, you know, because they, they shock you and then cut right away. Yeah, and you're kind of left a, a lot of the the emotionally dealing with what happened at the end of the last season is kind of left in that gap. And so you pick it all was back up, you know, a couple months later where you're kind of wondering, you know, how much have they changed from the shit that they went through? Yeah. So, um, when we cut the spring, um, it feels a little bit like Joel is now trying to lighten the mood. Cause at the very beginning, he's talking about how he's, he used to play the guitar a lot and stuff. And he's wanting to teach her how to, and she's not even really listening. Yeah. This, this is where the sense I got was that this was much sooner after the winter part, because it felt like she was still dealing. She was still processing what happened at the end of winter. Yeah. And she, you know, she's still kind of out of it. I mean, this, she's always been the chipper one making jokes observing on the world around her and you know she's i mean she's like half comatose at this point almost right um and now we are in salt lake city um you know everything's pretty much in bloom nice and bright um once again looking for the firefly lab yep which is supposedly in a hospital in salt lake city um we travel around for a little while. Um, not much action goes on here, to be honest with you. It's a lot of just traversal. Yeah, quite a bit of traversal. You get the the, the other nice scene with the animals. Yeah, the Jurassic Park giraffe thing. Yeah. Yeah, so the first one for me being the monkeys, you know, the first time she's ever seen monkeys, and then this time seeing giraffes. Yeah. Kind of cool. You know, a nice little... It's a scene that, you know, very much identify with this game. You know, it doesn't really have much to do with the story, but again, just highlighting her sort of sheltered, kind of sad post-apocalyptic life. Yeah. Um, And we're just basically trying to make it to the hospital. We see it in the distance. It does the whole thing of being in the distance and we're slowly making our way there. Um. Yeah, and uh, we eventually make it there, and uh, I think... um, We go through another couple of of fights in the underground part with the buses and stuff. Yeah. Those were super hard, but they were a bit frantic for me. Yeah, Um, 
just a lot of stuff running toward you. Yeah, and then there's the part where I think this is the part where you where you're in the water. I actually got stuck in the water when I had to restart the game at one point. I did too. Because I was like, the, the water was rushing really fast, yep. and I was all the way down at the end of this section by a bus. Yep. And I, I had no way to walk back up because the water pressure, the the stream was going too fast. I did too. And I don't think there's anything you can do there, is there? There, there isn't. You, ha- I had to restart it because you're supposed to make that jump. And yeah, I was that's like, weird. Yeah, that was so weird. I was like, why did they leave that in this game? Yeah, you, you shouldn't have even had the option to. To fail if like they, or they should have just given you a game over when you fall in the water. Or exactly. Something. That's why I told Laura she was watching me play that, and I was like, "Yeah, that should have been that sh- that that shouldn't have been in this game." Um, but um, yeah. So uh, what ends up happening is we we get we we fall into the water. We have to chase after uh, Ellie. Uh, we grab a hold of her, but she has obviously breathed in some water. And we're trying to do CPR on her. And uh, the fireflies find us. And Joel's sitting there trying to do CPR, uh, kind of ignoring them. And they hit him in the head knock him out. Uh, when we come to, uh, we run into, uh, was it Marlene? Is that her name? Yep. Yeah. She's there. She's surprised we even made it, but we did. Um, she tells Joel that she's uh, being prepped for surgery because they're going to try and extract um, the samples of the fungal infection. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I think they're trying to get out some of the cordyceps fungus. Yeah. It doesn't sound that unreasonable at first. The issue there is is that those all reside in the brain of the host, which means that if they are to do surgery, they would have to basically remove her brain and kill her. And Joel's not going to have any of that. <laughs> He's like, no, fuck that. I'm not doing that. And uh, But they're like, well, you don't have a fucking choice in the matter. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'm gonna have a guy escort you out, and you'll be on your fucking merry way. And uh, Joel, yeah, that, that part where I was like, no way, like, all right, it's one thing to to override him and say, you know, th- this is what we need to do. I'm sorry, you know, I, I I'm not happy about it, but we're gonna do it anyway. But then to say, yeah, and also get get the fuck out of here. Uh, I, that, that, that was a slap in the face for him for sure. Oh yeah. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not having this. So, uh, he's getting escorted out by a guy. He <laughs> gets the upper hand. Let's say he fucking murders that man. Yep. Um, and so begins, I, I would call it the final boss fight. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to call it a boss fight really, yeah. but. The final level, certainly. And this right here, oh man, I've re- I restarted it. I don't know how many times because there are so many guys with automatic r- assault rifles coming in every direction, flanking you, 
there was one section I was able to stealth it and just run all around the guys without killing anybody. Yeah, there's one part where you can kind of, if you go down this one hallway before you take a left and st- basically take your second left instead of your first one, yeah. you can kind of wind your way lengthwise down this long hallway, taking people out as you go. Yeah. So, um, we eventually make it to where they're holding Ellie and she is right there on the operating table. Doctors are getting ready to cut her open and we bust in and the doctor's like, stay back. And he has a scalpel in his hand. And for a minute there, I was like, let's see what I can do here. So I walked all around him and he just kept holding the scalpel at me. And I was like, should I shoot him? So I went up to him and just hit the, uh, hit the triangle button and I slashed his fucking throat. <laughs> and I was thinking, <laughs> I wonder if I could just shoot him. But I killed him. All the other doctors that are in there are, are like cowering in fear. Uh, and, uh, Joel picks up Ellie and we begin trying to run and escape the hospital. Um, which there's a couple of scenes like this in the game, I think. Yeah. Where they um, play, they play the sad music and you can't really die here. I don't think kind of thing. Yeah. You can't do anything either. Cause your hands are full. So you're basically running forward until you can't go where you thought you could go. And then you try and find a, a side passage to go out a different way. Right. You keep just kind of, kind of recalibrating your direction based on where the guys are coming from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we eventually make it out, um, and then it cuts to, um, Joel driving down the road in a car with Ellie in the back. She wakes up and is like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, uh, he said, we're leaving. And then that, that, that's where it cuts to, but then it does another cut showing what happened in the parking deck. Um, he runs into Marlene. Marlene's like, you can't fucking do this. If you want this, if you want the world to go back to the way it was, you have to let her go. And Joel shoots her in the stomach. Um, she falls over and, uh, is pleading for her life as well as hoping that he will let Ellie go. And he shoots her in the fucking head. And then, yep, t- yeah, falling on the floor. Yeah. And then, um, it cuts back to them in the car. He's talking to Ellie and he's like, well, there's actually a lot more out there like you that are immune. And they realize that they can't come up with a cure. So no reason to go back. So there's no real reason to go back. Um, it cuts to some time later. Uh, Joel and Ellie have, uh, made it back to, uh, Jackson, Wyoming. They're going to go back to Tommy's. And as they're overlooking, uh, the settlement power plant and stuff like that of Tommy's, Ellie's like, all right. Before I do anything, I want you to tell me the fucking truth. 
was everything that you said to me. Right, go ahead. Swear to me, yeah. she says. Swear to me that everything that you told me back at the hospital is the truth. And then it cuts to Joel and he says, I swear. And that's the end of the game. I'll be honest with you. I feel like that's a weak ending. Hmm. How do you feel about it, Matt? You know, that's a good question. It... I was okay with it, which is interesting because looking back on it now, I think it's a better ending knowing that there's a sequel. Yeah. Right? Because the, the world still is going to suck. And at some point that's a, you know, if, if you're invested in these characters and you think there's, it, it, you know, it, it would even be worth having a sequel. This would be a pretty big rift between them, the yeah. things that he did. And of course he's going to think he did the right thing. And of course, if and when she finds out that he lied, she will not think that he did the right thing. So it, I, in general, I like it because it underlines exactly how far he was going to go in a different way. I mean, basically ever since the winter when he murdered those guys, I mean, he, you know, Clearly, he's not respecting the sanctity of life anymore. Right. Not that, not that he ever has, but you don't think at the beginning of this game that he's going to straight up murder people. He will do it if he needs to, or if they've stolen from him, or whatever. But you know, he's a weathered, grizzled, not a good guy. But you still don't get the sense that he's a straight up murderer until the last few hours of this game, because of his desire to keep her safe which again goes back to his daughter. So I, I do love the fact that even with all of that, the things that he did and the things that he sacrificed and the people that died along the way, he wants to protect her so much that he would lie to her in that instant. I think it, it is powerful in underlining, you know, yeah, he killed a bunch of people that he deemed bad guys, but he also lied straight up to her to her face. Yeah. And do we think that he would see that as a bigger deal? I think he would. You know, you might say, oh, who cares that he lied? You know, he's killed a lot of people. But the fact that it was to her, so blatant to her face, that that's a bigger deal than all the people he murdered, I think. So, I, you know, I... I, I don't mind it as an end because you also know at least what the game implies is going to happen next. So you don't need to see anything else. Like they've already talked about wanting to live with Tommy and it would be safer there. They'd be out of the way. They could have a life there. So the fact that they're back there, I mean, you, you know, it's, it's essentially written off sort of as a happily ever after, although to leave it on a lie like that means that that's not a given. So I, I I like it as a you can read into that ending how you want to, you know you could say yep they made it she's never going to go back and they're going to live with Tommy happily ever after yeah or 
Or you can think, look, despite all of what they sacrificed and went through, it, it didn't matter. You know, they're not going to be happy. There's no way they can be happy living in this world where, you know, the one person that cares about you more than anyone would lie to your face and, and murder all these people. So, you know, I, I don't think there's anything more I needed out of that ending. And I think it ends on not, not, not a shocking cliffhanger. Like you have no idea what's going to happen, but I think you can sort of choose your own ending beyond what they show. Yeah. I don't know. It, I just, it ends on an emotional note that for me, the absolute best thing in this game is their interactions hands down. I mean, and far and away. And and that's what it ends on is, is, is that interaction between the two of them, which I think is a, exactly the way you want to end it. Yeah. I, th- I feel like it was kind of like a transition. It was the opposite transition for both characters. You know, Joel has been pretty much a loner for the past 20 years and a killer and a liar. And he found something that he can latch on to that kind of brings a little bit more humanity to him, which is why he didn't want to let her go. Yeah, I think a bit reluctantly because, you know, it, it, and it was something that you mentioned in the last episode, the, the, the point where it seems a little weird where he's going to hand her off to Tommy and then changes his mind. Yeah. You know, to me, that that's that struggle that he was dealing with. He didn't, you know, he, he was that, that was that awkward transition from essentially his old life to his his new set of priorities. Yeah. And then, you know, the other transition is Ellie being this kind of I wouldn't say innocent, but most certainly inexperienced person in this world to now a more hardened um less innocent thing that the world eventually turns you into. Yeah. She has been through some shit. Now, as far as my final thoughts on this game goes, that sigh to me means about the same as before. No. I like the story. I like the characters. I don't like the combat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's essentially how I feel. Now that I've made it through, I enjoyed it. Uh, well, I enjoyed it a lot more than I did the first time I played it, obviously, because I, I completely stopped playing it. Um, it's, it's, it's so jarring to me because that, that's the thing. There's, there's, there's the, the big three that people really go for when, when they talk about games, they talk about, you know, gameplay, visuals, and obviously story visuals and story. This game has in spades to me, the gameplay suffers in some aspects. Um, and to me, that's the most important thing. I've always said it. If if I don't care how great your story is or how beautiful your game is, if it, if the game plays bad, I don't want to play it. Um, and while this game most certainly isn't the worst game I've ever played, I there were so many instances of me playing this game where I was just like, "Fuck this," you know, like the aiming felt off constantly to me. Um. 
there was sometimes where the AI was kind of cheap. Um, or I would, I would shoot a guy and he would stumble for so fucking long and then immediately be able to juke me out whenever I'm trying to shoot him again, stuff like that. I don't know. It, it like, there was just something about the gameplay that just felt off to me. But seeing this story play out, seeing the, the characters, it's a great game. You know, as, as far as, as storytelling goes. And I think a lot of that does eventually weigh out some of the bad gameplay mechanics. I, I definitely have always respected Naughty Dog for their games. And I definitely respect this game. Because it's, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic game wrapped around a mediocre, uh, gameplay. Mm. Um, three years so, ago, well, I'll, I'll put that three years ago. Should I have continued playing that game? Yeah. Because I'll, I'll put it this way. I enjoyed the story and the characters in the last of us more than I ever did uncharted. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it is interesting having played this again, as I mentioned before, soon after uncharted four, because I think Uncharted 4 is one of the most polished, unquestionably nearly perfect games that's ever been made. And I still think this is better. Because it, it to me, it's just, it's got more heart. It changed things more with the combat. Which, I, I, I like the combat because I think that they took what, what was a, a mediocre combat engine, if you will, in Uncharted, and tailored it for this game and it feels so perfect in this game for me the way it fits that tension and that brutality that comes from both killing as joel and even killing as ellie when you when you do that and it, it really makes me think more about someone who might say a video game has to be fun because I can see a lot of people playing this game and saying, I never had a moment of fun. You know, I, all I saw was like sadness and tension. That Those are the two things I felt in this game, sadness and tension. And is that fun? I think you'd get a lot of people who said, no, it was awful. I never want to, I never want to experience that again. But I think to have a game be able to induce those emotions and to do it so well as this game does it, I think is just, is brilliant. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I don't like. I don't really know what to say. I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on this game. I've been saying them for years, as far as the combat goes. And you know, unfortunately, that's you know pretty prevalent in this game. Um, but as far as storytelling goes, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's it's it's. Fantastic. Would would it ever make a, a a top ten game of the year thing for me? I don't think so. Because there's games where I'm just like I get annoyed with some things, like The Witcher. The Witcher Three is a phenomenal game. Would it be in my top ten games of a year of the year if if I had played it that year? Yes. 
because there are annoying things in that game, but never enough to where I'm like physically up angry. Like, like there was times while I was playing the last of us where I was like, I, I, I just physically, I, I like, I yelled out, fuck this. You know, I was like, fuck this. This is, this is fucking annoying. This isn't fun to me. While like, yeah, Geralt controls a little weird. And sometimes when you're trying to pick up something, he accidentally, you know, turns a fucking candle on or some bullshit like that. While I just, I don't know, man, there, there was just so many, there was, Far too many times for me to count where I was frustrated playing The Last of Us. Yeah, I don't think I ever had one. <sighs> I mean, I had parts where I died a few times, but, you know, no more than any other game. And I felt like I was, I felt like I was understanding the combat as well as any other game. I think, Trying to, right, here's what they want me to do. What, what do I want to do? And is it to my advantage to not do what the game wants me to do? You know, do I want to sneak around and, you know, all, all, all the different ways you can uh, approach the combat in this game. I, when, when I died, my first thought was, all right, let me, let me try a different strategy. Let me try to come at it from a different angle, or maybe I find a place to hold up a bit. And I, I enjoyed that versatility to combat. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. There was, uh, I, I feel like to me, there was, the, and, and that's the thing. I, did, I probably didn't die. I probably died as many times as you did, to be honest with you. So I didn't die that many times this game. I'd say throughout the entire playthrough, maybe at the most 10, 15 times. Yeah, I would have guessed about 10, 10 or so. The, the issue I have is that every time, not even when I died, but there was plenty of times where I would just get hit or I'd miss a shot or something like that. And it felt like I had no control over what just happened. And that was mm. what was so frustrating with it. You know, I'd take a shot and then I'd take another shot and completely miss. And I'm just like, why the fuck did I just miss there? You know, and, and like, it, it felt like I had no control over the mistakes that happened. And that, that's the biggest thing for me was like, I felt like I didn't have any control over, over the things that were happening that really made me frustrated. I yeah, can, I do I, understand yeah. that as a negative. If, you know, if you mess up, if you die and you think it's your fault, you don't fault the game for it. Yeah. But if you die because you, because the game's rules weren't fair or it, or it felt like a, a kind of glitch or it was a problem with the way the game controls. Yeah. I mean, I can see how that would be frustrating. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how I felt. Was that I felt like I was constantly fighting with the controls. I was constantly fighting with this weird AI and how it, it handled, you know, flanking and stuff like that. I mean, I get it. Yeah. You're it's supposed to be kind of difficult, but I mean, there were times where I died and I was like, this is bullshit. That's bullshit. You know, I was like, what am I supposed to do there except reload and then don't get put in that situation again? So I don't know. It like, I, I think this is a great game, but it's, it, it's a, it's it's a mediocre playing game to me. It's got too many issues that I just that got on my damn nerves. I mean, that's all I can say. I'm I'm glad we played it though. I thought it was a great story. The bigger question now is: Will you play the sequel? Will I play the sequel? <sighs> yeah, I I think I will. Um. I, I I honestly haven't seen the trailer for the sequel. I know I've seen you know obviously screenshots and shit like that. I see that Ellie looks like she's about early twenties now. 
maybe 19. Um, but that's about it. So, um, I, I haven't, I have not watched that trailer that they released. So, um, probably I will play this game. Um, but I will probably wait until after its launch to play it. So once it drops to 30 or 40? Yeah, somewhere around in there. I think I, I paid, uh, 20 bucks for the remastered. I was totally fine with that. Yep. So that's a solid game for 20 bucks. Oh, absolutely. And it's one, yeah, I'm interested. I, I don't know how many games I would do this on, but I think you can play the game with director's commentary. The, yeah. Is this, or is it a separate thing? I don't know. I, so I, I thought I read that it was more like a movie where you watch the normal movie, but with these extra comments, but in game form. And if that's the case, there's not too many games I would care to do that with necessarily. But I think this is one of them. Yeah. Because I would like to see how and why they did different things and have them point bits out to me. So I, I think it's a great little package, especially with the DLC. Like, again, I didn't, hadn't been able to play that before, so it was nice to play the Left Behind DLC. Did you ever play in the multiplayer? Uh, no. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't even think I did when the game first came out. Yeah. I have zero desire to play the multiplayer in this game. Yeah, I mean this this game is an emotional single player experience. It's I if there's any game I don't need multiplayer in it's this one. Yeah. And I say that even while I kind of like the uncharted multiplayer. As a not very not necessarily tactical or sharp. It's just kind of lighthearted fun as far as multiplayer goes. Right. But Again, that, that's Uncharted. It's its own different thing. This game, I don't really need it. Yeah. Any, any type of multiplayer. Unless it was maybe... Another game I never played multiplayer on. One of the early Splinter Cell games where it was more like two-on-two. Two. Okay. They could have maybe done something that was interesting involving a bit more stealth than your typical shooter. But if it's just a standard multiplayer, I don't have any desire to do it. I apparently it's factions, fireflies versus hunters or something like that. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know. I don't know really know anything, but um if it's a mode that is primarily just the combat in this game, I am not going to touch that. Yeah. So, no, not for me. Um but yeah, that's uh that's the last of us. I I I'm glad I played through it. So good on you guys for voting for it. I'm I'm happy I was able to finally experience the story in it. What other game do you hate that people can get riled up and try to force you to play? Well, you know, somebody actually suggested today on Twitter that we uh when StarCraft goes free to play. Oh yeah. We should play through the story mode of it. And while I'm not going to say I hate StarCraft because I've never played StarCraft, I really dislike real-time strategy games. If in the, the competitive sense or in the way they handle stories or both? Because anything. anything. I, I just... Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, as far as stories go, I think Warcraft 3 handled it amazingly. That's one of my... It, it's my single favorite RTS story game. 
Warcraft 3. See, that's the thing. is like when I was a kid, like I played the shit out of Orcs and Humans, the first Warcraft game. And uh, what was the second one? Tides of something. Tides of War. I think was what it's called. Sounds right. Um, but I played the crap out of those games. And I also played a lot of Command and Conquer and Command and Conquer Red Alert. Um, but that was like when I was a really, you know, really young. Um, but trying to get into a real time strategy game nowadays, I just, I don't know. I've tried and I'm just like, I can't, I don't like that genre at all. Like the, I, I'm, I'm willing to play any type of game, but when you sit me down with a real time strategy game, I'm like, nah, I don't want to play this. <laughs> I just, I don't like it. So I wouldn't say I hate StarCraft, but I hate the genre it's in. Yeah, it's almost... I would almost wonder if between the two, Warcraft 3 would be more interesting for you just because you'd get to see so many characters that you might be more familiar with. And just kind of seeing them in that new setting can be interesting. Why would I be more familiar with with Warcraft characters? Because I played Orcs and Humans? Well, from World of Warcraft mainly. I, I never played that much of World of Warcraft. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I know not a lot, but... Yeah. I know a good amount of pretty much all the Blizzard characters because I play Heroes of the Storm. I don't know what they are or what they do, but I mean, I know who Thrall is. You know, I know who, um, I don't know, Tychus is. You know, so I mean, I, I know I know those characters because they're characters in Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. I know what they can do in Heroes, but I don't know what they can do in other games. <laughs> um, But yeah. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, next game is going to be, um, got this Wolfenstein, the new order. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Uh, I, I get it mixed up with old blood constantly. Uh, but that's a game we've been rolling around for a long time. Um, I've owned it for like a year and have never booted it up. Um, I hear nothing but good things. So I'm actually really excited to jump into that. And I think it would be a nice uh, palate cleanser from especially all the JRPGs I've been playing lately, like Persona 5. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. Um, but you can uh, send us an email. You can talk to us about The Last of Us, even though we finished it. I'd like to hear everybody's thoughts on it. I know there's a few people playing along. I know Jamie sent me a uh, tweet saying that, let's see here, what was that tweet saying? I was going to bring it up because she didn't send an email. Um, let's see here. It's like an incredibly short email. Yeah, pretty much. That's what the update. She said there was an update. Don't know if you guys are recording tonight, but I have no update. Every time I decide to play, I chicken out. It's too stressful. Mm. But yeah, you can uh, send us an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can talk to us about uh, whatever and really um we'll read it out on the show it doesn't matter um and you can follow us all on twitter i am at dml fury matt is at remgs and the podcast itself is at ztgd phoenix down um post all the uh new episodes there go live usually every friday try to at least um but yeah that's it for us 
Um, finally finished The Last of Us. Finally finished a game that I have not played. Um, and you know what? I, I, I have to say, Alone in the Dark is still the worst game we've ever played on, on Phoenix Down. So. That, that bar's pretty low. That bar's pretty fucking low. Now, I have to say, Anna is a close second. Yeah. Anna is better than Alone in the Dark because Anna is short. But which one's more interesting? Because I, I still, there are still positives in Alone in the Dark, whereas Anna may not have any. True. Oof. True. But I, I absolutely despise Alone in the Dark. I, I just, you know, when I'm feeling down, I go back and listen to those two episodes of Alone in the Dark and laugh my ass off. Because me, you, and Dave talking about that game is some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. Because that game, you can, you can hear the hatred in our voices when we talk about that game. And just how bad that game played. Oh God. Yeah. I platinum that game to make sure I would never have a reason to go back to it ever. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, uh, I still think Alone in the Dark's worst game I ever played. So that, I was just going to say that that makes me think we need to do a shitty game yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. But I think what it pushes me towards is a, is, is a B-movie type of game. Not necessarily a shitty game, but a game that would be fun to make fun of. I mean, that would, I mean, we, we had it in our poll. Uh, the big deadly premonition, right? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. The thing is about Deadly Premonition, so I've never played that game, but I've watched my old roommate play it for like 20 hours. That game is like 40 fucking hours. Yeah, which is one of the things that's shocking to me about it. Yeah, because that was the thing, because I, I remember he paused the game one time and the counter was like like 20 hours. And I was like, is that the end game time or is that like what time it is in the game? Is it 20 you know, or is that you've been playing for 20 hours? He's like, I think it's 20. I've been playing for 20 hours. I was like, how the fuck long is this game? Yeah. That game's long as shit. Um, I mean, we can always do it. We got it for free on PlayStation Plus. I, I just, I don't think there's that many games that can fill that need. I mean, maybe, maybe most people don't have that need, but. I really like B movies. I really like MST3K and Rift Tracks. I I love the fact that somebody could put their heart and soul into something and have it be so shitty. <laughs> and you know, and I I get that vibe from this. You know, that's one of the most appealing things about it to me is that it's like a B movie. It is, but at the same oh. time, people fucking adore that game. And I and I don't know why. And that's another reason that I want to play it. Which is a little different than Until Dawn, which is, in, you know, intentionally campy, but maybe not as bad. That game's good, though. Right. And so it has some of those B-movie tropes without being as easy to laugh at. I really want a game where, where we can have that alone-in-the-dark level of confusion or... Maybe hatred. I hope not hatred, but maybe. 
you know, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, I'm sure it's not a polished game. So, all right, that's the thing. It, there, there's just like with movies, there is good, bad, and then there's just fucking plain bad. Yep. And I mean, I can name off a bunch of horrible fucking games like Ride to Hell Retribution is one of the worst games that's ever been scored on Metacritic, I believe. Mm. Um, and I hear that that's just a really bad game. Yeah, see, the the problem, I think, with games is I think it's harder to walk that line because with a movie, your investment is very small. All you have to do is sit there for an hour and a half, and if it sucks, it sucks, and it's over. If a game is so broken in the way it plays, it's hard I think to even get to the points that might be charming about it. Right. You know, and uh, alone in the dark is almost as close as I think we've ever gotten because it is broken. It does suck, but it's also got some good ideas. It's got some interesting concepts and some real shitty voice acting that really nails that B movie vibe. Yeah. That shitty voice acting mixed with, (laughs) yeah, it's just the fuck you stones. (laughs) Yeah, Edward Carnby, man. Uh, but but there's not a lot of games that really can nail that. I think that's as close as, as I've seen. What else was it? There was the, the perpetual wind that was constantly going, even inside. Yeah. That always blew like his fucking jacket and <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, man. That game. And for a time there, I said that's one of the most innovative games I've ever played. I was a champion of that game for such a long time. Well, Deadly Premonition may very well be a game we do this year. So, I'll keep that in mind. But yeah, we're going to get out of here. Uh, like I said, I appreciate everybody listening. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, next week. At the, uh, the beginning parts of Wolfenstein The New Order. But until then, I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. And we'll be back next week.